This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. All right, this is one of these time and space bending intros and podcast. Um, this podcast is epic. Definitely check out the video and get ready to be blessed by some oming and toning and ultra spiritual didgeridoo downloads with my friend Susie. And um, I actually interviewed her a few days ago in Sedona and we the synergy and alchemy was so strong that she ended up interviewing me. And then um, after the interview with me, we actually started talking about ganja, cannabis, hemp. And uh, although she's not a user, she was definitely like curious. She she has this cool curiosity about where does she doesn't know. She she's curious. Oh, goodness gracious! Did I stutter? Am I gonna edit this out? No, bro. This is the Breaking Normal podcast, so we're gonna keep it going. Come on. Why filter and edit when we could be authentic and real and make that a practice? So, let's see if I can get back to a co- coherent statement. <laughs> Basically, she is quite curious and maybe even wondering where in the universe the plant of cannabis comes from, although she doesn't use it, which is quite synchronous because after that, I believe it was after that, this is after that because now we're in New Mexico getting ready for our next lifestyle shoot uh, with a couple camels at White Sands National Monument. But after that, uh, Ned, the one of the Breaking Normal podcast sponsors, and myself and the team, uh, we're getting such great results with so many people that we have extended the partnership. And Ned is um, a CBD company, and it is hemp-derived. I would love, if there's any experts in this field between uh, understanding the difference between hip, hemp and cannabis, I think basically hemp is when there's less than 0.3% THC. So theirs is actually derived from hemp, not cannabis. It's from one farm in Colorado, in Paonia, Colorado, from an awesome farmer that uses mountain water, apparently biannual beets, all kinds of ultra-spiritual techniques. And... I remember when I interviewed Laird Hamilton a long time ago, or maybe it was Paul Check referencing Laird Hamilton, and I think Paul was quoting when he asked Laird, Who, what is God? And Paul or Laird, or a mix of them both, basically, which I enjoy this exploration, is that maybe God is truth, and what's the truth? The truth is what works. And I have lived my life like that in a lot of ways, that although I might not mentally understand everything or be able to logically and rationally explain everything that works there's something powerful about something that works and this product seemed to have has works for so many people including my wife my mom my cousin so many friends even myself i uh i don't know how close everyone's keeping track of my stories but man i roughed up my ankle pretty good the other day doing a heroic hike and i was so happy to find out because I was advised to use full-spectrum CBD and Arnica, and freaking Ned has a body butter that is a full-spectrum hemp mixed with Arnica and some awesome other organic ingredients, and it seemed to be one of the many modalities that really alleviated the pain and inflammation in my ankle. And I'm happy to say that I'm excited to go hiking today and excited to go hiking on our next Tribe Design in Sedona, And I'm excited for y'all to hike through this podcast with me and Susie. She's super cool, super sweet, super spiritual, and with a great story to share. And the Dig alone, whoa, that's worth it. So I think you're, um, depending where you're listening to this, definitely check out the video on breakingnormal.com slash podcast so you can see the the, uh, Dig in action. You can see it, hear it, feel it, and all of the above. And, um... Yeah, if any of there any on that note of the cannabis versus the hemp, I'm ready to interview like the pioneer in this field, and maybe I'll go up to Colorado soon enough to get Farmer Kurt, who works for CBD. But if there's someone else in New Mexico or Arizona in the next few months that wants to drop deep with me on that subject or any breaking normal subject, definitely reach out to me at Daniel at breakingnormal.com. We get quite a bit of inquiries, and uh, you know, just 
not just, but catching the flow state and seeing what aligns. So I'm excited to see who aligns next for the interview. And we have plenty of awesome interviews from a, a bunch of Breaking Normal people in Sedona and the Chamber. So stay tuned, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review on iTunes. It's very reverent to the gods of the internet known as algorithms to amplify the message of Breaking Normal. And on that note, I will leave an outro to the Breaking Normal book on Audible you can download a little sample of that. I think I might, uh, I'll, I'll leave it a surprise. So enjoy the podcast, enjoy that outro and feel free to reach out via email or Instagram. I'm pretty, I'm quite active on Instagram. Oh, oh, oh. And the breaking normal app. We are testing it again. I am in the midst of a raise of a hundred thousand dollars in the next 30 something days. So if anyone that wants to invest in exchange of equity, the minimum investment is $108. And I really believe this is what social media meant to be. I don't think social media was originally intended for masses amounts of people to scroll their lives away and to mindlessly consume content. I think it's more about connecting and giving feedback and uh, being efficient and effective about making connections around the world, not just mindlessly distracting yourself. So... I think the intention may have been originally good, but somewhere along the lines, uh, some of these big social media sites are being a major catalyst for a lot of people to drift. And if you all know what I mean by drift, uh, check out the book Breaking Normal and or Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Both great audiobooks. All right, y'all. Uh, Susie ain't drifting. Susie is not drifting, I'll tell you that. She is, uh, I would say, transcending. So thank you, Susie. And looking forward to getting y'all's feed forward on this podcast. That's... uh breaking normal for feedback much love y'all keep breaking normal peace in all right y'all wow here we go here we go first of all if you have not checked out breakingnormal.com slash podcast definitely check it out because i'm here with Susie byler in sedona arizona and she just did a little dig session um and i definitely encourage you to see the video of that and that's where we're putting most of the video teasers and it's an honor to be here with you Susie. um same as as the viewers know, synchronicity is sort of the schedule of Breaking Normal podcast, yeah. and I have kept running into Susie in like either I'm doing a meditation or she's doing one or I'm doing some sort of oming and she's doing some sort of toning. We just keep running into each other and in such a way that I was like, this girl's Breaking Normal. Let me learn more about her. And that's one of my favorite things about these podcasts is yeah. when I do, I feel like I've kind of called in Breaking Normal people into my life through yeah. this. Oh, yeah. And they show up. How could you not? <laughs> yeah. They show up and you showed up and now we get to know each other and uh, get other people to know you and what you're up to. Yeah. Um, first of all, the Dig, what a, what a powerful experience just for like the one minute I got to listen to you play yeah. that. What does that mean to you? How did you get into it? Mm. Tell us about this what this ditch mm. is for you <laughs> it's part of my soul Daniel it's truly part of my soul when I first heard the didgeridoo and when someone first played it up to my heart it went through my entire being and it activated a remembering like I know this instrument I've been with this instrument before I have to learn how to play this so I bought one and I started playing and I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was just sitting there playing and all of a sudden something just happened in my brain and I started playing it with the circular breathing. And, and I was like, oh, I just did it. What? Wait, how did I do it? And then I lost it, which is really kind of funny because, you know, as soon as you start to think about something <laughs> that, you, that you're naturally doing anyway. And so I found a teacher and um, he like kind of taught me more of the mechanics and it just clicked. It was just like, yeah, I've done this before. I've been an Aborigine in another lifetime playing the didgeridoo. Like this is just part of my heritage and my history. Wow. Yeah. That, so on our, we, on our third tribe design event, we did it in Byron Bay, Australia. And we had a, a guy named Cy Molumbimbi. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Allegedly, he's like one of the best didge players. In that the, name does sound familiar. He came and blessed us like with this hour wow. sound healing and like really, really blowing the dig into people like right into their bodies into yeah. the, and people I'm including myself were having experiences yeah and um, I, I don't I haven't done much research but I think I've read somewhere it might be the one known to be the oldest instrument or one of the oldest instruments on earth I don't know if you know anything about this or you mentioned you the aborigines what? and I I don't know if it's the oldest instrument I actually I'm not very great with the history to be honest I just know that I've played it before and it's part of my soul and that's what I know. 
Yeah, and that's a big topic right there. That so you believe that you have reincarnated, or your yes. soul has, and that at yes. one point in this cycle that yes. you were playing the didge as an Aboriginal. Absolutely. And how how do you how have you come to that conclusion? I'm curious because I know that's a a big topic yeah. for a lot, a big mystery for a lot of people. Um, it's it's a deep feeling, and it's a knowing. Like I've had flashbacks of other lifetimes. And it doesn't make sense to the mind, but if you do believe in reincarnation, then it makes a lot more sense. Like, how do I know this about myself? Or how do I, how did I pick up the didgeridoo and just start playing it? Like, that's not normal. Most people can't play it, number one, or they like practice for a long, long time to learn how to play it. How did I just start playing it? It's, I talk about cellular memory a lot is the memory that your cells carry from body to body, from lifetime to lifetime. And what's in my cellular memory is all of the, the knowing of every other lifetime that I've had. And so as I've gotten deeper and deeper into my spiritual path, those memories come into my conscious awareness and I understand more about myself. Oh, this is why I'm that way. Oh, this is why I have this trauma. Oh, this is why I have this pain. Oh, this is why I get triggered about this. Oh, this is why I'm really good at this. Like I've done this before, whether it's something positive or something that we'd call negative, I've done this before and it's all in my body's cellular memory. And that's, that's very fascinating and awesome to hear you explain that. Um, you gave me your card and it had a list of them. It seemed like amazing modalities that you're either practicing or stewarding yeah. or facilitating one terminology that I heard was rebirthing is that yeah. is that in the name of your program or a business or something that you're stewarding in currently it's it's part of the work that I do uh, when I say rebirthing what I mean is taking your old self and releasing the parts that no longer serve you or the parts that are no longer working in your life and allowing yourself to be reborn into the next best version of yourself that reminds me of a snake that sheds its skin. Exactly. And yes. You yes. Have sh you uh, you seem to have a thing for snakes. You showed me a video of a I rattlesnake that completely <laughs> kind of shook my body. <laughs> I was like, oh no, that's and and you looked like even where you were videoing it, you must have been quite close and comfortable to it. Yeah, we were just hanging out. Hmm. Yeah, I really love snakes because um, they've gotten a bad rap, and I feel like they are animals that can show us truly how to rebirth ourselves, how to shed the old. I mean, they literally outgrow their old self and that mm -hmm. layer of skin comes off. And really that's happening from my understanding on a biological yeah. level on our, our skin is totally. shedding all the time. And totally. that's, that's the crazy thing. I feel like most, um, I would imagine most pain or suffering for people comes from, and I'd love to know what you think about this, but comes from trying to avoid something that's happened in the past or trying to recreate something that's happened in the past rather than being present with a new thing that's always happening. Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When we're trying to, um, you know, being human can be challenging because we have these things called emotions and feelings. And as someone who's, I'm a sensitive being, so as someone who's sensitive, I feel very deeply, not only my own emotions, but the feelings and the energies of others. And so it can be challenging to be in, to be in that all the time. Like if you're a sensitive, you never turn that off. You're always, you're always sensitive. So it can be challenging to be in the feeling all the time. And so when things happen that are traumatic or that trigger past traumas, yeah, we don't want to necessarily feel that. Why, you know, why would we? We want to feel good. We want to feel joy. We want to feel bliss, you know, follow your bliss. We, <laughs> those are things we'd rather feel. But the truth is there's so much gold in the things that we don't want to feel. And so when we can come to acceptance of those emotions, of those heavier feelings, there's a lot of good juicy stuff in there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've heard that said in so many different ways from, I would say, a lot of the most inspirational thinkers or philosophers or masters. Yeah. And it's, it's 
Yeah, it's, it's probably pretty easy, much easier said than done. Oh, totally. And um, I am curious, first of all, how do you do that in the most um, harmonious way, or if you've found a, harmo- a more harmonious way to, to experience that? And when you experience, when you express that you might have the gift of being so sensitive that you can not only feel your emotions and maybe subtle emotions, but other people's as well. Yeah. I'm curious how, I bet a lot of people can empathize with that. And I bet a lot of people that might be, in a more naturally tilted feminine state might even be more prone to feeling other people's emotions. Do you have any advice for how someone to kind of navigate those waters of distinguishing their emotions from someone else's and maybe not being affected in a negative way from someone else's negative emotions that might not even be theirs? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot in those two questions that you just asked. So I'll start with the last one first. Uh, one of the things I do with people is I bring them back to their soul. I reconnect them with their soul and help them activate to their soul energy, their soul wisdom and knowing. And when we do that, it is much easier to discern what is my energy and what is yours. And it's also much easier, the more you practice that, to stay centered with your energy rather than being affected by the energy from outside. And so if you'd like, I'll take you through a quick little activation process that I do with people. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, why all right. not? Okay. So awesome. for all of, all of you guys listening, I'll just invite you to get into a comfortable position and close your eyes and just begin breathing deeply through your belly and just begin to feel your body and your breath, allowing yourself to drop down into your body, allowing your breath to drop deeper into your body. And if you're a person that feels your soul around the area of your solar plexus, you could put a hand there or wherever else you feel your soul in your body. And this works, this process works really well for feelers, people who are sensitive. And so there's a question you're going to ask yourself right now, and that is, how does it feel? to be with my soul essence. Take a deep breath. How does it feel to be with my soul energy? Take a deep breath. How does it feel to reconnect to the truth of my soul and the truth of who I am? How does it feel for my soul energy to express itself in my body? How does it feel for my soul energy to express itself to my mind? How does it feel for my soul energy and my soul's energy signatures to circulate throughout my body and my being, revealing to me more of who I am. And just breathe with your soul essence, allowing it to move throughout your being. How does it feel to be with my soul energy? And then you can continue with this process and the more you ask yourself questions like this, the more you activate your soul essence and energy to be expressed to you and through you. And the more you do that, the easier it is to maintain your center with your own energy when you are feeling the chaos of what's happening on the planet or you are feeling somebody else's trigger or you're feeling someone else's emotion or you go into Walmart, for example, or the grocery store. It's much easier to stay centered with your own energy when you practice this. And this is something that I do 
at least once a day, if not much more than that. And as a super ultra-sensitive empath, that's something that's really helped me be able to navigate. Uh, because ideally, I'd love to spend all my time in nature to answer your first question. <laughs> you know, I'd that's where I can feel myself the most deeply. Uh, but not everyone has access to nature. Not everyone uh, has time in their schedule to be able to get out into nature for three hours a day. Uh, so this is something that you can practice that will help you maintain your own energy balance and center. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thanks yeah. for receiving. Yeah, I was definitely, the word sovereign was coming up and like mm -hmm. the symbol, like the infinite symbol, just like yeah. flowing was coming up. Yeah. Um, probably it also illuminates probably what you're doing when I see you out there in nature. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of uh, things with that infinity symbol with the soul as my center, and then moving the energy of my soul up into my heart, mm -hmm. back to my soul, down into my root, back to my soul, hmm. and just helping the soul energy flow more within the body. We also have felt like a very pure energy. Like a very, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm drinking some cacao and tea right now with like some maca, some nice root stimulants and cacao, but that's awesome and that's exogenous and that felt like a nice endogenous energizing practice. That's the thing about your soul. It's the purest part of you. So when you reconnect with that and start expressing more of that, you you move into greater purity. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Now, was there a time that you got into this? Like, was there a great shift in your life? Like, oh, like the breaking normal moment? Was it, did oh, it feel yeah. forced upon you? Did you choose it? I'd be curious about <laughs> yeah. when you started learning about this practice. Maybe it was aligned, uh, uh, correlated with the didge. Maybe it was correlated with this practice. Maybe, uh, yeah, I'm curious about that. Well, I'll start at the beginning. Uh, December 13th, 2004, mm -hmm. I was on the acupuncture table and I had gone to the acupuncturist for chronic fatigue syndrome or adrenal burnout. And I tried so many other things and, you know, things helped but didn't really move the needle for me in the way that I somehow knew was possible. And so I just kept seeking and, and seeking. And so I was on the acupuncturist table and I had a flashback to the previous weekend. I was at nutrition school and a woman that had stayed at we, with me at a clinic for CFS she came up to me and looked into my eyes and she said, Susie, you don't have CFS anymore. And I just, I didn't quite know what to make of that. I just kind of heard what she CF said. CFS standing for chronic, chronic fatigue, fatigue okay. syndrome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a nice, I bet that was a powerful moment. Well, I didn't realize at the time how powerful it was. It wasn't until that following Monday when I was on the acupuncture table and I remembered what she said and I saw her face looking into mine and I was like, she's right. I don't have CFS anymore. And all of the sudden, everything in my body shifted. My cells woke up. I woke up. Everything, everything in that moment changed for me. It was truly one of those light bulb moments that people talk about. I've never experienced anything like that before and nothing of that magnitude since. Where in the heavens were you? And who was the acupuncturist? <laughs> I'm kind of curious. I just got, and yeah. the reason I say that, I just got an acupuncture session done with a, you probably know Adam DeViro. Yes, yeah. Yes. And I definitely, he said something like, yeah, I think we'll open some channels. And yeah. like since uh, that session, I feel like I've caught a flow state. Woo! I know. Definitely channels open sound like a yeah. good description. Yeah. Where were you? And I was in Pennsylvania. My acupuncturist was Ken Chin. If you ever get to Pennsylvania, Southeast Pennsylvania, that's where he is. Wow. I definitely would look him up and get a session or two with him. Uh, he's been my mentor ever since then. So I've been truly blessed to have someone in my life that knows this journey well and has been able to help me cultivate my own journey and help me tune into my own wisdom and guide me through the things, you know, where I haven't had clarity or where things have been overwhelming or confusing. It's been an absolute blessing to have him in my life. I just want to give props to him because uh, he's just an absolute amazing, very, very talented man. And because of him, I've then been able to have that ripple effect, ripple effect from my own life and my own teachings go out to people on the planet. Yeah, 
That's amazing. I, I like how you remember the date too. That seems like a cool date. Twelve thirteen. I like that. It was very auspicious. Yeah, yeah I'll never forget that day. <laughs> the thir- it's funny. Our last tribe design in Breckenridge was on the thirteenth yeah. of June, and this next one in Sedona is the thirteenth of September. There you go. It's a magical the number. Thirteen. Do you num- have numbers? A beliefs bit. around numbers. A little bit. Yeah. Thirteen is a number of creation. Thirteen is also the number of um, sections on a turtle's back. And the turtle is my business totem. So I never, I never knew that. So is that for all turtles or just certain turtles? I've never heard this. This is cool. Um, so they have like 13 segments on their back? Yeah. You know what? To be honest, I don't know, Daniel. <laughs> I think it's all turtles, but I'd have to actually look it up. <laughs> well, even the, just the idea of that, that's awesome. Last night yeah. I was talking to Anahata and I, I, depending on when this interview is up, I, I definitely encourage people to listen to these interviews like in order because there's something magical. There's a golden yeah. thread that's being yes. revealed oh, that's that. quite magical. I love that. And yeah, we went all into animal totems yesterday. What's the turtle mean to you? Yeah. Uh, creation. Patience. Uh, it, is a, it is also a divine feminine energy. It's like a grandmother, divine mother energy. Yeah, yeah tur- uh, turtles have shown up in my life. Some uh, like I remember the first time I surfed in Hawaii. I think it was in Oahu, and I was um, on the south shore of Oahu, somewhere. It was like a beginner spot, pretty simple. But th- what was crazy about it? I was surfing, and I couldn't even avoid hit- paddling and touching the turtles when I was yeah. paddling. They were everywhere. Oh wow! And there is That's like so this neat. wise old yeah. um, nurturing energy. It yeah. seems yeah, they're incredible. Very wise. Yeah. I like that. Thank, I'm yeah. happy I found that out. It, and also ancient energy. Speaking of wise, there's an ancient wisdom that turtles embody. It does seem that way. Cool. You mentioned um, some, like the chaos around the world or yeah. maybe the breaking normal things are going yeah. on around the world. Yes. I definitely want to talk about that. Yeah. What's, what are you alluding to there when you mentioned well, that? Well, yeah. I mean, unless you're hiding under a rock, I mean, you only have to look at what's happening in the news and in politics and... Um, just what's happening all across the globe to understand that we are not in normal times. There is something happening. I would call it a shift where uh, a lot of people say we're moving into a new golden age. And I'm in that same line of thinking that we are shifting into changing what's happening on this planet, the way things have been done for centuries and, and longer, you know, millennia, the way things have been done. It's not working and it has to change or we're not going to be able to stay on this planet. Kind of like a snake trying not to shed its skin would be crazy. So it yeah, seems like the skin of. is getting yeah. shed. And w- so Absolutely. what's the, uh, and this has been a topic, uh, someone just recently interviewed me, my friend Tyson, and he was, he's having this issue because he has groups of people in his life that are like preparing for doomsday. Yeah. And they're like having, they're collecting guns and food and bunkers. And then he has yeah. people that are like, the golden age is here and they're just like not even worried about it. They're just like yeah. sitting on the rocks and yeah. and enjoying this golden age being ushered in. And right. he's, he's like, he was asking me cause he feels like torn and confused. Like what to do? What yeah. I'm getting conflicting advice from people I both trust. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I'm very much in the mind that, uh, we need to be smart and grounded. Um, But we also have tremendous powers as creator beings. We are here on this planet to create the new, at least I know I am. Maybe not everyone is, but there is a significant group of people on this planet right now that are here to create the new way, the new paradigm, the new earth, whatever you want to call it. And so if you are putting all your energy and creation powers into a doomsday scenario, perhaps you'll create that for yourself. If you're putting all your energy and love and powers of creation into creating a new paradigm on this planet, well, maybe you'll just create that then. Mm. So we have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And the phone just rang. It's so fascinating. I don't know. We're renting this amazing place. I, I, I love tuning into like the subtle yeah. signs. I don't know what that phone ringing means mm. to you, but it's like, as you said that, the phone started ringing and yeah. it stopped. It's like, who's calling? Who's calling? (laughs) Hello, are you getting this? (laughs) We are powerful creators. And it's something that most of us, myself included, aren't living into our full potential. We're not actually completely understanding how powerful we are. And we're not using our resources, you know, to their full capability. And again, I include myself in this. This is something that we're learning because it's new. 
and it's also something that we have done before so we know that it's possible and we know how to do it yeah. if you believe in reincarnation well yeah even regardless of that I, th- I feel like that's part of the human gift is to yeah. always have more potential yes. to actualize yes, without absolutely. that I don't know if life would be maybe that would be where boredom sets in I feel like that, that's just having some appreciating where we're at and being able yes. to strive for more seems like a great harmonious balance for me anyways yeah no I hear you I hear you yeah. And um, you mentioned right when you walked in this place, you were like, you kind of alluded to a dream that you've had. And I wanted to tell you about, and here's for the the schedule of synchronicity. Last night, I, and, and this is why this is synchronous, because a few days ago, I was telling Susie about the project I'm currently working on with the Breaking Normal app and raising capital yeah. for it and how I've been like, what do I do? Do I just send it and go for it? and Or do I sit here and attract it? And I'm feeling a little tension between the two. And then you yeah. mentioned the um the womb the, yes. the the man having a womb like it's yes. maybe a little bit more challenge for a man to tap into the subtleties of his womb so i want to know more about what you meant by that and okay. for other people but last night and this is where it gets extra synchronous because you mentioned the dream last night i had a dream my brother gave birth to a baby out of a, a womb out of a like he had a womb and he gave birth to a baby and his fiance emerald um <laughs> Was like there for a moment, but then she had to go chase a dog. Like her, when it, they do a dog grooming business, so maybe I was getting the esoteric mixed right. up with the literal. But they're like German Shepherd or something ran out the door, and she, when the baby was coming out, she missed the birth. And I was like, "Where's the freak's emerald?" In addition to Timothy, my brother, literally giving birth to a baby out of a womb. Wow. And now here you are. You kind of planted that seed a week ago probably about wow. a man having a womb. And I got to witness my brother giving birth to a baby in my dream. Probably, I think it was about 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m. this morning, if I had to guess. So about five hours wow. ago. Uh, my mind is kind of blown right now because <laughs> usually when I introduce a teaching, it's fairly well integrated. Like I've gone through it. I know the, the nuances of it. And this time... uh I propose the idea of men having an esoteric womb, not having a depth of understanding or, you know, at least intellectually, not fully grasping all the nuances of this idea. But it just felt like the time was ripe. Let's put it out there and see who picks it up. Well, I guess your brother did, or or maybe you did. Yeah, somehow me projecting your... onto my brother yeah, yeah. something. Whatever I, whatever That's the brother, amazing. my brother part of me gave birth to a baby in my That's dream amazing. about five hours ago. Yeah. So, I mean, we most of us have the understanding that whether you're a man or a woman, you have the divine feminine and the divine masculine. You have both of those energies. And the idea is to integrate both of them within your being, within yourself. So... For a man to have an esoteric womb, why not? I mean, you don't have the physical body parts, but why can't you have the energetic body parts that would serve to gestate the ideas and the creations that you're bringing forth? Why not? Why not? Yeah. How <laughs> how would someone apply this? Like, um, yeah. maybe in my my situation with this, like, oh, do I climb up mountains metaphorically and just call everybody yeah. I know and ask for the money, or do I? sit here and wait for the download or attract someone like how does that relate to yeah me having an esoteric womb or if there's another example that feels relevant to you yeah. i'd love for people to explore this a bit more yeah cool so i it's about getting quiet first of all and whether you're in your masculine or your feminine you can do this to get quiet whether it's through meditation or however you get yourself quiet that's the first step and then tune in and feel, is this a time to move forward and take action? Is this a time to pull back and let things simmer and let things gestate? The rhythms of your flow and your body will tell you what's needed. They will tell you if you need to kind of pull back and chill out and just kind of observe and see what's happening around you. Or they'll tell you, okay, now's the time, call this person or reach out to this person or maybe you'll meet someone randomly and you'll know, ooh, I need to talk to that person and connect with them. Oh. Is that a scorpion? Or what is that's that? That's a little. What, that's that's not, not a scorpion. What is, wow. I have no idea what that is. There is the strangest. I've never <laughs> seen so many breaking around bugs in my life. <laughs> Go figure. Like, what the? <laughs> You're calling them in. I don't know what that <laughs> is. 
I saw a bug the other day that looked like a hairy cotton ball going up a um, a tree, but allegedly that might someone told me that might be like a termite of sorts that care, uh, collects tr- trash on its back or something. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I'm just paying attention to the signs as we're yeah. having this uh, womb conversation. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> Bringing in new creatures, Daniel. Yeah, that would be too small for a scorpion, but it kind of resembled one. Okay. Baby ones are pretty small, but I've never seen one that small. All right. Well, okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, yeah, well, obviously, you you have done, it seems like, and I see you doing so much work yeah. with yourself. Yeah. Um, are you working with other people in ways yes. you kind of guided me through or guided yeah. all of us through a little bit of a meditation? What, what, in what ways are you doing that? And what's yeah. like what's most relevant on your radar and what's yes. most exciting to okay. you about all these crazy topics we're talking about? <laughs> Which are not really that – they might be more conscious than crazy, but maybe crazy is conscious. Anyways, Great. go ahead. Yeah, it's all the same, right? Yeah. Um, so I have an online membership website called The Creation Temple, and that is where I guide people through – the dark night of their soul or if they're ready to be in their creation process and I do believe that we can do both simultaneously by the way and I help people on their ascension path navigate the spiritual journey uh, because it is there are nuances that are helpful to understand it's not like normal life right it's not like you know go to my nine to five put in my hours come home prepare dinner watch tv do it all over again the next day uh when we're actively in creation mode for our lives, it does, our lives do look different. Our lifestyle takes different shapes. And so I help people navigate that. And I've had people uh, quit their jobs. I've had people uh, increase their income, like our most recent member in under in like two weeks, I think it was, she tripled her income after joining. And I, and I, when she joined, I said, let's make that an intention that your business takes off when you join. And it did. And so that's, that's, I mean, talk about breaking normal. Like someone's going to a nine to five job, that doesn't happen. They don't triple their, their income going to their job. So when we do step out of these paradigms and we get actively into creation mode, we are able to exponentially change the shape of our lives and how we spend our time and what we do with our day. And so that's one of the things I'm most passionate about is helping people break out of the normal cycle in their life and tune into their soul and start creating. And you mentioned like on their path to ascension. Is that yeah. what you said? And yeah. What are... I did throw that word in there, okay. didn't I? <laughs> so the ascension, I've heard like ascension symptoms or yeah. things you were mentioning they might not be normal, like yeah. your normal life. What are... Are there some cues or signs or omens that someone like typical ones that like these are these are the signs that you might be on a path to ascension or something's calling you to a higher level? Have you seen the, any ubiqu- ubiquitous ones throughout yeah. the? Uh, a lot of people get dizziness and nausea. That's a pretty common one. Uh, high blood pressure is one that's been pretty common lately. Um, and for the record. If you need medical assistance, go seek medical assistance. I'm not saying that, this, that these things are only spiritual in nature. Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're physical and you need to address them from a physical mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, dizziness, nausea, high blood pressure, um, just feeling like out of sorts, you know, just not feeling yourself. And that can happen when you're going through a rebirthing process or that can happen when you're feeling everyone else's energy instead of yours. Uh, There's a lot of reasons why that can happen. But I think for a lot of people now that's starting to happen more because they are starting to break open and cellular trauma is coming to the surface because it needs to be healed and addressed. And so people, um, I'm noticing more people going into forms of psychosis, like maybe it's actual real psychosis and maybe it's just mild symptoms where they're feeling like they're crazy or feeling like no one understands you uh you know the mind loops in your head just keep going and and you can't stop them Uh, there's a lot of things like that that are happening for a lot of people and it feels crappy but it is part of the cellular trauma coming to the surface and if you don't know how to heal that it can it can really spin you out yeah, I can relate in the podcast that was Save It, which I think comes out today, but that's different timelines. When people are listening, I was explaining how I had a 
I don't know if it was like a Kundalini awakening or something, but it was definitely correlated with a, some uh, like vertigo. I've never had vertigo, and all of a yeah. sudden I was like, "This is what vertigo is." Okay, this yeah. is what vertigo is. Yeah. And one of the things I definitely did to, that seemed to help the most was acupuncture. Yeah. Um, do you, if someone is like, "Oh my gosh, what she just described," that's how they're feeling. Yeah. Are there some like go-to's you would suggest right now? Drink water. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a preference of water? Do you are you picky about your water? Um, I am to an extent, uh, but f- most people just aren't drinking enough at all. So I'm just like, just start drinking water. I totally resonate with that. I think one of the all right. So have you ever seen the movie or the book Surf Wise? No. It starts in like the book or the, one of them start in one of the most powerful phrases I've heard. It was from this guy named Dean Paskowitz, who was a doctor who traveled the world with his family surfing and didn't charge people, just oh, took cool. donations. And um, he would he basically stated like man's biggest problem used to be not having enough food. Man's biggest problem now is having too much food. My interpretation of that is most people think when they they, they think they're hungry or they're trying to satiate themselves, they're actually thirsty. Yeah. And then they're hungry for nutrients, not hungry for the density, the yeah. amount of the density they're eating. Yeah. And I, so I'm yes. a big advocate of finding like mineral rich water. If you have springs or wells, especially yeah. if you can get it without fluoride. Um, anyway. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a true, it's, it's a convoluted <laughs> world out there. It's good to get to the source. It's good. In yeah. my opinion, I love hanging around the source of water. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, look, if you have access to high quality water, go for the highest quality you can get. Um, I try not to, for people who aren't drinking enough to begin with, to start in at that level of the conversation can be intimidating. So I'm like, just start drinking water, you know, just start. I like that one. That That's yeah. pretty much when I do the top 10 hacks for breaking normal, it starts like with water. There you go. Like drinking it and getting in it. That's right. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> you know, I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. I think we share that in common for sure. Definitely. I have a feeling a lot of our friends share that in common. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Especially because other... we live in the desert. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we this... need to be around water. Any yeah. other uh, big obvious bullet points for people? Yeah. Definitely getting out into nature whenever possible. And if, you, if you're in a city, get houseplants, something so that you're with the energetic codes and signatures of nature. Because nature has information for us to help us stay balanced, to help us grow and thrive. Nature doesn't strive. Nature just does its thing. So if we can surround ourselves with nature, that automatically helps to balance us and give us more emotional stability, more spiritual stability, more physical stability as we go through these times of crazy changes. Yeah, I totally agree with that one too. I used to, uh, when I was flying a lot, I had a bonsai plant I would fly with. And I felt like no I, it was like my way of grounding on That's the plane. That's so awesome. And I had, it was called Daniel Sun. Of course. But then when I flew into Australia, those people just threw it right. They like they yeah. gave, they gave them real quick like the customs. They got real intense with me. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's not. And I kept trying to negotiate. I'm like, does anyone want to take it back with them? I was just, I didn't want. And they're like, they're like, do you want to go home or do you want to stay here? And I was like, I want to stay here. And they threw my bonsai in the trash. Oh. And I was like, oh. God, Daniel's son just became everything, I guess, oh. <laughs> from from something to everything. Oh. oh, my heart breaks about that. Oh, man. But it's, it's still, I would consider, if someone's flying a lot, I, I'll just let you know what I did. I flew with a bonsai plant. That's and it was awesome. really I cool. I love that idea. <laughs> and it was yeah. fun. Like, if it if it looked like it was struggling, I, th- I thought that might be like, maybe I need to take care of myself and this bonsai plant better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so water, getting out into nature, eating pure food. I mean, we all know about GMOs and pesticides and all the crap that's being done to our food supply. Put pure food into your body. That automatically, again, helps to balance and stabilize. And spend time with yourself, even if you're an extrovert. Spend time with yourself getting to know your own energy. Because when the crap does hit the fan, and for some people it already is, you need to know who you are. You know, you need to know who you are and what tools you have in your tool belt to help you navigate through challenging situations. What's been the most powerful way you've gotten to know yourself? I think the soul activation that I did with you guys earlier, I think that has been one of the most powerful tools for me. Yeah. Because the more I, I ask my soul energy to circulate through my body. I ask it to inform my intellectual self, 
about its nature so that I have an intellectual understanding also of my soul. I, I do things like that with my body. I have my body parts talk to each other. And that has been a way to really help me uh, understand more deeply who I am. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Your body parts talking to, to each other. Yeah. Do you have uh, like, are some of your, do you have some of your favorite conversations, like a reoccurring conversations with different body parts? Like when your liver talks to your kidney or <laughs> is there, is there a certain conversations that you're uh, ex- more excited about? Um, I'm, I'm excited to know what my heart wants. I'm excited to know what my soul wants. Uh, recently with the womb work that I've been doing, I've actually been journaling. I'll ask my womb a question and then I'll start journaling an answer from my mm. womb. I'm a channel, so I naturally have that ability to open different channels up like that. And it's something I've practiced for a while. So, um, it, But anyone can do it. It's not like I have a special market on that or something. Mm-hmm. Anyone can do that. Um, but yeah, I've been very fascinated by what my womb has to say. Mm. Yeah, so for me, it's as I'm getting to know new parts of myself or parts of myself in a new way, I like to ask, what do you have to say to me? Hmm. I like that. That is a, a cool concept. Yeah. I, I was just thinking when I was talking to Anahata last night, how fun it is to like look at every animal as like we're maybe going through this real virtual or like a video game. Imagine just like metaphorical video game of life. Yeah. And then instead of just thinking that like that insect and everything is random to like, Oh, what's this? What's the clue here? Yeah. What's the signal here? And now to take that down to the cellular level and to the organ level and to the body level, that's Absolutely. also um, what an invigorating, exciting way to explore life. Yeah. Because our bodies have messages for us. Our bodies are, they're like the last place that the energy lands. So it's, you know, energetic, cognitive, and our body is the is like the most solid place where the message gets locked in. So if we don't get the message from spirit first, if we're not listening or paying attention, if we don't get the message from our emotions, eventually it ends up in our body and we'll get the message there. And that could be, I could see people judging that message to be good or bad. Yeah. So I would, if I can uh, echo what you're saying, to see if you can catch it in the ethers. And if not there, see if you can catch it in the waters or the emotions. Yeah, yeah. And if you haven't gotten it there, then definitely listen to what's manifested in this the more dense body. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Absolutely. Um, I definitely love uh, the dig. I don't know if you feel inspired at yeah. all to play that anymore. I'd love that. And I'm curious. You mentioned the maybe the past life as an Aborigine playing the didge. Did you have didgeridoo for people that might not be familiar what we're alluding to? Yeah. Um, do you have any other kind of memories that are about past lives or different experiences beyond this current timeline? Um, yeah, most of them, to be honest, are past lives that were traumatic. Uh, most of my memories are of being killed. You know, head chopped off, rope around my neck, whatever, you know, Um, (laughs) because that's what I've needed to heal this lifetime. I'm but this conversation actually is inspiring me to go back and say, okay, let's remember some of the lifetimes where I was prosperous. Let's remember some of the lifetimes where I had this wisdom about plant medicine. Let's remember some of the lifetimes where uh, I was a shaman and I helped people, you know, on their spiritual path. That's, I'd rather tune into those memories because I'm kind of tired of the other ones. <laughs> well, it's even within the, like with the, on our, this lifetime, even yeah. me being my age, it's very likely and everybody has a tendency to remember more traumatic experiences. It's true. Those are the ones that yeah. seem to get anchored in a little yeah. bit easier. Yeah. So that's a, I, your inspiration is inspiring me too. Like in just this individual lifetime, how can I remember the most blissful times in my life? The most easy times of my right? life, the most graceful yeah. times of my life. Why don't we tune into that more often, right? <laughs> how can yeah? How can we? And yeah. I uh, and maybe it is by first processing some of the trauma. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, that is true. We have to clear out the gunk in order to access the the beauty and the bliss and all the stuff that we want to be tuning into. That is true. It's harder to access that joy when you know when your being is filled up with the trauma. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you for all this. Um, is there anything else that you definitely would like to address before we might yes. send people off on a ditch session? Yeah, I would love to 
do a little end with a little bit of didgeridoo deep sound healing. Okay. So that's where I use my voice and the didgeridoo. Oh man, that sounds amazing. Sounds what cool. would you like me to do in this? Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride, or? Yeah. Well, I'd love to yeah. do that. Awesome. Um, right, well, well, I'll, we'll probably we'll end it with that. So, what's the best way people for people to find you? Um, if they're like, wow, I'm inspired, or I want to check out the Creation Temple, yeah. or I want to learn about that, or this. CreationTemple.com. Creation. That's a great URL. Thank did you, you get that as a like just a regular baseline price, or did you have to kind of invest in no, that one? No, that was, it was oh, available. Oh, nice. Yeah. Creation Can you Temple. It? Good job on that one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that sounds like the the web space was supporting you and waiting for you with that Definitely, one. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. I, when I was asking what the name of this thing is supposed to be, it took a while, but eventually it was like, yeah, this is it. This is the resonance. Creation Temple. And is that the same for like social media, or do you have... Uh, do you? Oh, I'm on Instagram at Creation Temple. Okay, cool. Uh, Facebook, I have a group and a page called Creation Temple, and I'm also Susie Byler on Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Susie. I'm excited to uh, kick back and relax and enjoy yeah. this. And before you begin, I'm definitely inspired. Like of all instruments, I've felt called to the didgeridoo might be the one that feels the most calling yeah. to me. And if someone else feels that way, what do you have any recommendations of making it happen where they can learn or I can learn how to to get in harmony with that that amazing piece of instrument? Um, well, if you if you try to do it in your own and you can't figure it out, then I guess I would say find a teacher. I mean, honestly, I'm not I'm not the one to ask. I think we were talking about this before. Like, I don't know how to teach people to do it. I don't. I've tried. I don't know how to teach people. Well, that's really cool that you say that because there's a – it reminds me of this book called Blink from Malcolm Gladwell. That some of the most professional, like, tennis players – I think he used the tennis players and baseball okay. players as examples, like, the best in the world. They would ask these guys, how do you, how do you hit a home run or how do you hit that perfect serve? And the guys, would ex- the guys or girls would explain it, and then they would do a slow-motion video, and their explanations weren't even – Right. They weren't even accurate to what they were doing. <laughs> so yeah, the point That's was funny. like what you're kind of making. That yeah. Maybe the best way to learn is doing it yourself. And if that doesn't work, maybe to get some guidance. But sometimes the masters are not actually teaching what they're doing. <laughs> that is hilarious. Something to think about. Uh, that, oh, man, that's a whole other – you just opened up a whole other topic. Yep. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. Awesome. So as you guys are listening, I'll just invite you to get into a space where you're feeling relaxed. And Whoop, oh, there's a little breaking normal there. I don't okay. think it broke, but we're well, good. Maybe, maybe I can start with the toning, and I'll just start here, and then I'll take this off. Tell me if this is too loud in your ear. Okay. Can get yeah, and you can maybe even uh, yeah distance it, and I think it'll give it make it a little softer. <laughs>
this boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. All right, I trust y'all enjoyed that maybe as much as I did, or even more. It only gets better. And I gave that awesome intro about Hello Ned, and I forgot. Actually, I remembered. See, when most people say they forgot, don't you think it's more accurate to say they remembered? Because how can someone truly forget something? If you're saying that you forgot something, don't you mean that you remembered it? Anyways, a little breaking normal linguology right there. I am now remembering to tell you all how to get uh, 15% off your first order to take advantage of the partnership with Hello Ned. Go to helloned.com slash breaking normal. And make sure you enter the code breaking normal. I think it's in all caps. I don't know if that makes a difference, but might as well do it in all caps. Um, and get 15% off your first order. Definitely try out the body butter, the drops. I've been using the 750 milligrams before going to sleep. And um, I love it. And I probably will use the body butter for my hair today for this crazy Middle East themed lifestyle shoot with the camels at White Sands National Monument. <laughs> all right, all right, that's enough. That's enough. More about more knowledge and wisdom coming about that soon. Stay tuned for the photos on my Instagram. And now enjoy this outro to the uh, this outro teaser of the Breaking Normal audiobook that you can download on Audible now. And depending on your account, it might only be free ninety nine. That's free for none. Free, but. Is that going to make people think it's too good to be true? Not. Maybe everything is too true to only be good because it only gets better forever and forever. All right. I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe something new, the never-ending story. All right. Love y'all. Who else, who else has seen the never-ending story like 20 times? Peace in. What you're running away from is chasing you. And what you're attached to getting is running away from you. Chapter 4. Feeling is Healing. They say water is the source of life on earth and that the best, healthiest water is artesian spring water. No, that's not artisanal, as in ultra-spiritual artsy-fartsy water. It's simply water that comes from a place in the ground, a well where natural pressure deep in the earth forces the water up to the surface. How deep? Very deep. In some cases, miles deep. That makes the water that comes out old, perhaps 10,000 years old. It's water that originally fell as rain or snow a long time ago and ever so slowly seeped into the earth far down to where the heat and pressure eventually forced it back up to the surface. In the process, it was mineralized. Sometimes it even tastes sulfuric. It is clean water, untouched by surface contamination. Compare that to the water it seems like many people in the industrialized world drink, either bottled up or from the tap purified, demineralized, chemically cleaned, injected with fluoride, and sometimes laced with trace amounts of drugs and antidepressants from the collective's urine, contaminated by pesticide runoff, and even laden with heavy metals. Fluoride, furthermore, originally added to drinking water for dental purposes, has been shown to have unattended side effects. One of those side effects is calcification of the pineal gland, which in some Eastern and more primitive health systems represents the third eye, our connection to divine intelligence. Some say that fluoride acts as a neurotoxin, which is why it is added to the public water supply to keep the populace docile. That's the water that is still deemed by many authorities to be safe, and for that reason, many people still drink it. Safe, meaning harmless, unlikely to upset the system. Each of us, emotionally, is our own spring. It seems like all the time there are things bubbling up within me, and even when it might feel like there's nothing, there's still something. What that something is, is not so much a physical thing as an energetic thing, and for that matter, a wave. That's what emotion is, energy in motion. We've all seen and felt the effects of too much energy in motion, usually after it's been pent up or repressed, in the form of volcanoes or outbursts or breaking dams. We've also seen and felt the effects of too much energy not in motion in the form of stagnation and pollution and depression. The energy affects our bodies depending on its flow. It affects our muscles, our breathing, our perspiration, but also deeper down, it affects our hormones, our organ and bowel function, and probably, more like certainly, it affects the chemical and electrical processes in our brains. 
Emotions produce sensations, but unlike sensations that come from outside, these come from inside. They may seem deep, mysterious, dangerous, or casual, superficial, passing. Maybe some of them do come from thousands of years ago, passed down through familial, racial, national, or tribal memory. Regardless, it's all energy, and the more aware we can be of our own energy, the more we can allow it to flow to the surface, where metaphorically it can be nourishing and vital to us. In light of all this, there are a few exercises we do on retreats to get in touch with the sensations in our bodies, and more specifically, the ones that are normally harder and more intimidating to handle, especially those that arise in the presence of another person. The first exercise is...